All right, Mike Todd, Recovery First Podcast. I hope you're tuning in to some of our podcasts, like we're exposing the turkeys. We uh, had a podcast on uh, patient brokering. We had a guy, Brian, from here in South Carolina who went through the whole gamut. Um, next week, we're going to have recovery housing exploitation. We're going to have a guy by the name of Kyle who's gone through the whole gamut. It's really informative because a lot of people don't really realize that this stuff is actually going on in our state and in our community. The Recovery First podcast is a podcast that helps highlight local initiatives in Greenville, South Carolina, and as well as on a national stage in the recovery communities. Here you will hear a wider range of topics surrounding addiction, recovery, and amazing advocates helping to make a difference in the recovery space. If you or a loved one are struggling with substance use disorder, please contact us today by calling 864-787-3798 or by visiting www.freedomrecoverycenterofgreenville.org. Now let's get ready to hear another amazing podcast with your host, Mike Todd. Today, you know, I usually, uh, this is a recovery share. I usually just, um, I come off the hip with these and uh, just come from the heart. I want to talk about recovery um, being a priority. And, um, you know, when I first got into recovery, uh, there was not a lot to really prioritize. (laughs) Um, I was homeless. I had no access to any resources or anything like that. So, you know, there was really nothing, there was nothing there to prioritize. It was just the focus, probably my gosh, for the first couple of years was really just putting one foot in front of the other and um, going to meetings and talking to my sponsor and doing whatever it took to get better. I mean, and not pick up. I mean, that was the priority. And, and and there there was nothing else. I mean, I had no home. I had no job. You know, I certainly had no kids. I certainly didn't have a wife or anything like that. You know, it was just me. And, and that consisted of just nothing, right? As the years went on and um, I continued to show up and do the work um, and allow people to come into my life and keep me accountable, I started to acquire things. Um, You know, I remember getting my first place of my own. I remember getting that first car loan that my aunt helped me uh, co-sign. Um, I remember little by little, as I stayed in recovery, um, things began to come together for me. And, um, you know, like everybody else, I had hopes and I had dreams and 
and I wanted, you know, I like everybody else. I wanted a, I wanted a home. I wanted my own home. I, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I wanted to to have a relationship. All those things that we, uh, you know, I wanted a career. Um, all those things that just people want, right? And I think it was probably around eight, nine, ten years when things really started coming together for me. Um, you know, I started to yeah, get my credit back or get some semblance of credit or I got my own I got my own home. I, by this time I'd been married for a couple of years. Um, few years, um, you know, she had two children, still has two children, but they're grown and gone. But it, and then it became, then I had to learn how to prioritize, right? Because it was real easy to be able to look at all that and say, okay, now I'm, I've arrived and now I'm well, um, and now it was a struggle not to look. I remember I got a job making more money than I ever made in my life, you know, um, and I began to look at everything, like compare my insides to what was going on on the outside. And as I did that, um, I quit doing the things that got me those things. You know, we say something in the rooms that if whatever we put before our recovery, we will lose. And there's not a, there's not a truer statement that that I've learned through my years. Um I was I was very um how can I say this? I pursued a lot of things. Um, there were times that I put things before my recovery. Um, and I will tell you that there's not a truer statement. I remember my first company that I had. I worked and worked and worked and worked to make that company successful. And, um, I didn't, I was not in recovery. I wasn't going to meetings. I wasn't doing the things, you know, that, that got me in long-term recovery. And lo and behold, you know, I, I look back and I'm grateful for the lost businesses. I'm grateful for that I went through the bankruptcies or bankruptcy, um, all those things back then in early recovery or kind of semi-early recovery, like nine, 10 years, um, where I really thought that because I had acquired all these things that I had arrived. And in fact, I had not. And I'm grateful that I didn't pick up through the loss of businesses, uh, the loss of a home, um, 
because it's brought me to where I'm at now, um, which is really like like living within my means, being grateful for what I have. I'm okay in my rented house in West Greenville. I'm okay in my paid-off old model cars. Um, because I realize that the first and foremost thing that I have to have in my life today is recovery, is a relationship with God, uh, is a relationship with my wife, um, who I would rather spend time with than anybody. You know, there's so many people that are married that are running from their spouses. I'm like, man, I, you know, I want to just, that's who I want to be with. That's like who I want to hang out with. Like my dream is like, you know, just like having a farmhouse somewhere and just like just being with her and sitting on the porch and stuff. I mean, my perception changed a lot, you know, as I grew older in recovery and older in life. And and I'm grateful for that. Um, all those lessons, you know, of um, overextending my credit, um, overextending myself uh, in a business. Um, because I'll say this, that as we, my wife and I watched a friend of ours pass away last week, um, really all that mattered as we watched this was the love that she took with her and that there was someone there holding her hand and as she began to take her last breaths. It's really been a lesson that I've learned recently. And, um, yeah, everything that I, 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 I've come to that. I, I really believe that, that everything I put before my recovery, I can lose. You know, my recovery has to come first. And the first, th and, and it really is, it's like the first thing I do in the morning is I, I'll meditate and pray for 10 minutes and or 15 minutes. And one of those things that I really do is I consciously, consciously um, realize that I'm in control of very, very little in my life. That's how I start out my day. A lot of times as I'm praying and meditating, one of the things I'll say is there is a God and I am not him. And uh, so I wanted to just share about this uh, this morning. I hope it helps someone. And, and um, I know that if I'm not healthy in my recovery, if I'm not healthy emotionally, then I'm not very good for anything else, whether it be um, the nonprofit that I run, my marriage, um, you know, suddenly the older model cars just not doing it. And I'm looking at all these newer cars and, but now I think about, oh God, boy, I hate payments. I really, I, I love being like, we are almost debt free and it is really, really, really nice not to have that hanging over our heads every month. Um, you know, a grateful person in recovery stays in recovery. So I just wanted to share this from my heart. Recovery First podcast. I'll ho I hope you keep tuning in. 
A lot of educational stuff, like get connected. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk about recovery housing exploitation uh, at our next show. So tune in, check it out. Um, recovery First Podcast, Mike Todd. So 30 years ago, when I first came into recovery, we didn't have recovery housing. If someone was seeking recovery and maybe coming to meetings and didn't have anywhere to live, we'd basically try to help them find somewhere to live. And, and that's how it all started. It, we all started basically living together and keeping each other accountable um, in recovery. Now, as the years have gone through, um, it's basically turned into an industry and with that industry there comes a lot of challenges um, there's a, quite a bit of exploitation um, you know you're dealing with a very very vulnerable population so that's the reason that we started the South Carolina Recovery Housing Association to help providers to help other recovery housing operators to help mentor them um, to help to advocate for them and one of the things that we did right off the bat was we started getting the locks on into all recovery housing in South Carolina. We were very fortunate to get a grant from the Clinton Foundation and some help from the Recovery Advocacy Project and Challenges Inc. and Favor Greenville and you know all of them combined have helped the South Carolina Recovery Housing Association to begin getting the locks on into all recovery housing in South Carolina and to help train their residents on the use of naloxone. We believe that is the first standard uh, that we need to accomplish in South Carolina. Recovery housing operators are a very valuable resource to those suffering from substance use disorder in South Carolina and we want to advocate for them train them, mentor, and just work with them with whatever needs that they may have. If you want to get in touch with us, it's screcoveryhousing.org.